I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds looking fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear leaves and debris with the 40-volt leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at the Home Depot and on homedepot.com. How doers get more done. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. It is so nice to be here today. The weather is gorgeous and we are ready to rock and roll. Hello. Yeah. We are in the midst of finals week and everything is crazy. So right now we are totally reverting into social media and into our like phones. The entirety of this is just procrastinating and just trying to get by, get that A. So uh, we have a very special guest here today to talk us through uh, his journey with social media and fashion, and we're very excited to introduce him. And as you guys know, we very rarely have male guests on our show. We're very selective with our male guests, but we are honored to have the one and only Abed Danyong. And you might know him by Obed Daguerre on Insta or Obediency7 on TikTok. We all know you guys are very big fans. He has the best feed I've ever seen a male have, which is such respect because I can't even do it. But he has all things lifestyle, personal style, and has somewhat of a cult following. So I'm sure you know who he is. We're excited to have him here with us today. So Obed, how did you get started on social media? First of all, I'm very excited to be here. Very excited that you guys have had me on the show. Um, to answer your question, I started 
I think it was like March of 20, 2020, um, my friends were like, yo, you should start making TikToks. I thought TikToks was so lame. I was like, yo, I'm never making a TikTok. Would never do that. <laughs> That's true. And we were like in Austin or something. I think the sound was um, inside. Welcome to Austin, Texas or something. Like that. That's when I was my first TikTok. And um, it just, from then, it just kind of just, I had my, I had two, I have two TikTok accounts. One of them is like, most people would call it a thirst trap account. I don't think it's a thirst trap account. I just think I look good. Um, uh, yeah. And then went from that. And then like late last year, went into like making fashion TikToks. I was like October of last year. And that's when my account, both on TikTok and Instagram really blew up. Um, and then from then started doing sponsorships and modeling, et cetera. And it's been like a year. And yeah, that's pretty much how I got started. Went around. So you got started in like the midst of the pandemic. Right at it. Like it was right at, at, it. At a, it was at a time where not doing anything else, you know? No. Yeah, everybody was not at home. Just at looking home, to be entertained. Their camera, yeah, dances and stuff. I think the first TikTok of mine that blew up was, uh, it was right around the time that the Tusi slide came out. And <laughs> I remember this TikTok. I cringe at it so much. I'm like, uh, I, I, grab, I walk to the stream, I look at the camera, I smile real big, and I do the little TikTok dance, and it, it blow up, and then couple, and then everything after that started blowing it up, and I was like, dang. And then I started making money from it, I was like, oh, okay, cool, this is interesting. I would like to be the first to say I'm pretty sure I found your account through that video. Shameless, really? shameless admission right there. But <laughs> when you first started your TikTok, were you planning on turning it into a fashion account, or was it more of like, a thirst trap personality type thing like how'd you decide what your like niche was gonna she be said thirst trap. It, it, they're thirst traps let's be honest <laughs> <laughs> we will be so honest with that um no nah, i was just it was just for fun i really didn't know too much of social media game i didn't really know too much about what to expect doing different things i was just doing whatever just having fun um i like the attention i'm not gonna lie the attention was nice oh yeah don't we all? <laughs> yeah um it was like towards the end of last year that I was like, dang, these people don't really know that I'm drippy as hell. <laughs> so I was, I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking, do I want to you know, take my account that I have at the time and turn it into a fashion account or just make a whole new account and decided to make a whole new account. And from then everything just kind of evolved into what it is now. So it didn't really plan jumping into the fashion thing. It just kind of happened. Yeah, how did you make that decision? Because you said you were contemplating a few things. Um, I felt like the account that I had at the time was pretty much solidified in thirst trap. So I was like, all right, might as well just get a new start and hope that this new account does as well as the last one did. And it did. So, yeah. So we saw it like recently when you posted that you posted in New York. Are you based out of New York or somewhere else? Um, no, I live in I live in Dallas, Texas, but I'm I'm in New York City for work a lot right now. I'm just here, just, just came into town for the weekend just for fun. I had a birthday party. One of my close friends' uh, birthday was on Friday, so I came here for that. But uh, New York City, I love New York City. I plan on moving here next year as soon as I can. Yeah, do you? This is kind of a um, shallow question, I guess, but I was wondering if you got recognized a lot, like either in Texas or New York City, and if so, like which place 
do you feel like you get the most recognition? Um, uh, New York City definitely get more recognized than, than sure. Dallas. I think the first time it happened was um, at the airport last November. And I was, I thought that she didn't, she didn't have the right person. I thought she was talking about somebody else. I was like, yeah, that's, I don't think you have the right person. And she pulled up my Instagram and I was like, oh, I guess that is me. But I get, like, during Fashion Week, I got recognized. Um, in Dallas, there's not really too much of a creative scene. So not a lot of people know a lot of what's going on or a lot of the people. But New York and L.A., I get recognized a bit. It's, it's cool. So- I like it. <laughs> It's so funny because we're based out of New York, obviously, but our interns are also, and we were creating like a guest list of like who we really, really want to have on the show. And someone put your name down. We were all like, hell yes. First person we're going to get on the show is going to be him. <laughs> I definitely, um, when you guys said that you were having the podcast this weekend, I thought it was in person. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be in New York. Let's get straight to it. Let's get active. But the Zoom is perfectly cool too. Damn, if we knew we were here, we could have done it in person, but... You know, Zoom works also. <laughs> Zoom works also. I like this. This is convenient. Yeah, we're also so unprofessional. I mean, we do our podcast literally <laughs> out of our living room. I wish we had a studio. That'd be really, I mean, I heart needs to yeah. give us some raise to give us a little cash. Yeah. <laughs> so just to start our little deep dive. So how does having like a significant following on both Instagram and TikTok kind of affect your self-esteem or view of yourself? Because I think we talk a lot about how social media negatively affects a lot of women in terms of like body image and just like a general view of yourself. But we really talk about how that affects men as well. So do you find like there is like a struggle with that or like having a significant following, has that put any pressure on how you view yourself? Um, yes. I don't think that it has a lot to do with body display or anything like that. Um, that's not something that I, I really struggle with or worry about when it comes to social media i think one of the things that i didn't realize that social media had the power of like the way it can control people and the way that they look at, it, at themselves i didn't realize that until i grew in my like following i think um very on into it it was it was a uh, not very on like halfway through the if it's been a year six months into it um there was a lot of comparisons i think that's what it was for me more than more than like afraid of, you know, my the way my body looks on Instagram or how people would, would look at me, I would be more of, oh dang, should I be doing it this way? You know, being new in the whole social media thing, I really wasn't sure what to do, how to do it. And I would see the way other people would do it. And I would think, dang, is that how I should do it? You know, they seem like they're having fun doing it that way. But then I catch myself and I'm like, yo, <laughs> nah, you really just gotta be yourself. Like I would really just be chilling when it comes to social media now. And I try not to think about it too much. Um, there's a lot of very unhealthy things that social media can do to your mind and your brain and stuff. But in the freedom of like my identity, I choose at the end of the day, if whatever it is that I'm doing isn't making me happy, is affecting me, taking more from it than it taking more from me than it is giving me, then I let it go and move on with that. But the way that social media and I, the way that social media works. Um, if you really don't, if you're not secure in yourself, you know, if, if you, if, if there's a lot of doubt or fear, then it, it, it will definitely mess with your mind a little bit. And I think I, I've, I've passed most of that. I'm sure there's going to be times further on in my future where, um, 
different things affect me a lot more. But I think for me, for sure, it was comparison to the way other people were doing things that I thought that I should also do it that way. But I have definitely stepped into doing it more my way, whatever makes me comfortable and happy. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was going to say we suffer with like comparison all the time, especially like as Cindy was saying as women on social media for sure. And I read this thing. It was like such a Hobby Lobby quote, but it was like comparison is like a direct hurdle to success. So I think that's really interesting that you say that because I feel like there's like, you know, this huge dialogue around, you know, women on TikTok and comparison with like body image and personal style versus like taste and um, all of these other aspects, especially in the fashion like niche. So I think that's really interesting you say that. Definitely. Also, I think that when it comes down to it, social media, you don't know the person on the other side of the screen. Like you have no idea how this person is in real life, no matter what type of content they make. And I think once people start to understand that they don't have, once, once I started to understand that I don't have to display a certain image that I can just do whatever I want at social media. 70,000 people don't know Obed Dion personally. And once I got into that, I kind of stepped away from the comparison thing. I was like, oh, I'm just going to do me. And if it works, it works. And it does it. Had fun. Yeah, I think that's such a healthy mindset. But especially on TikTok, where um, men in fashion, such a specific niche, especially Black men in fashion, how it's obviously become something that people are attracted to on TikTok. Does that feel like a competition with other um, male creators on the app? Or do you feel like you're kind of just doing your own thing, focusing on you and your success? Um, no, I, don't, I definitely don't see it as a competition. One thing one thing that I definitely do, if I'm scrolling through TikTok and I see a, a black man, black woman, any black face, immediately show love to the video. You know, like, if, it's, if I like it enough, you know, throw a comment in there, share whatever. But as, as a Black creator, I don't see myself in comparison or in competition with other Black creators. I think we are all working towards the same goal in a way. And it's more of how much support can I give you, whether I'm sharing your video, whether I'm commenting on your video, whether I'm screenshotting the video, whatever, whether your video is, you know, inspiring to me, whatever it is. I don't see there to be um, competition or comparison with myself and other Black creators, black male fashion creators at all. Um, we're all doing the same things. There's not that many of us that are doing it um, well. So as much as I can show support, whether whether it's doing the small things, um, that's what I do. Yeah, I agree. And I, I love that. that. That means a lot. I know a lot of people who, especially like black creators and on TikTok, where it is very much like a look-based app and it's hard to find your footing in with having a widespread community of people who follow you so I completely understand that and yeah that's great that's great I'm Katia Adler host of the global story over the last 25 years I've covered conflicts in the Middle East political and economic crises in Europe drug cartels in Mexico now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. 
Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. And speaking of which, how did you find this whole unique personal style that you were like how did you um go from so you were just describing how you separated yourself from that kind of comparison way of thinking so we would love if you could describe like your personal style and your unique like way that you produce videos and how that's evolved over time since when you started to you know now obviously great question um (laughs) if you watch like the videos that i made when i first started on social media I, I definitely cringe at them, especially when it comes to fashion. I'm like, dang, I used to wear this. But over the over the time, um, everything has kind of evolved into what it is now. I still, I think, I mean, as we continue to grow as humans, we're all, you know, designed to just continue to want to grow. And um, my personal style, to be very honest, I don't, um, I think I just wear whatever, like I, Whatever I'm comfortable in, I think that um, fashion is a very is an easy way to show blatantly out front, you know, some type of creativity, some type of way that you're feeling. Um, and when it comes to fashion, with me, I don't, I don't, I don't really, I try not to think too much. There's, you know, fashion has taken over the world. You know, fashion has. has run a lot of the things that we do. People wear clothes everywhere that they go, whether they go to work, whether they, they're at school or at church, wherever it is that you're going, you're always wearing clothes. Once I've I figured out that um, this is my style, I don't even think I have a specific style. I, I wear a lot of different things. If you watch my videos, you know, I'm, you were to put me in different categories, whether I'm dressing in vintage style or, or you know, formal you know, 70s fashion, whatever it is. Um, I just like to have fun with it. It's just like, it's chilling. At the end of the day, I really think we're not just wearing clothes. We were meant to be naked and just walk around. But 
while we wear these clothes. Um, as much as fun as I can have with it, that's that's as far as I go. I also really like to look good and <laughs> looking in the mirror and be like, yeah, damn, I'm fresh as hell. That's the great feeling. So that's a great feeling. How do you feel that culture impact your style? Because like I know growing up, I'm from the South and I grew up, obviously I'm black. So the way that I dressed was very different than how I dress in New York now, where I feel like it's more of like an accepting culture. There's more diversity. There's more an interaction between people. So like, how has that had affected your style? Sure. That's, that's, that's 100% fact. Because when I'm in Dallas, um, I really don't be putting on fits like that. But when I'm in New York, <laughs> definitely dressed up. Uh, Dallas is very um, conservative. Dallas, is, there's not really a lot of, too many creative scenes. I think that the culture, I also the culture that I grew up in. I grew up in Maryland, and in Maryland, you know, people grew up wearing like snapbacks on my on my jeans, some Jordan ones. You know what I'm saying? And moved to Texas, everybody's wearing cowboy boots, cowboy hats. And I had a little fade, you know, a little fairy fade, you know, board shorts, oh, yeah. those fairies. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> and then I had a little fade. Fairies was definitely the move with some Nike socks, some Nike, uh, some Nike elites. Nike that was the move. <laughs> that was the move for sure. And uh, then moved to Texas. I had a cowboy boots, cowboy hat. I had a cowboy face for sure. Now evolving, I think wherever I am, whether I'm in New York, I'm in LA, or I'm in Miami, my style really depends on where I'm going. Like I'm not gonna wear cowboy fit in New York City, really. But no, I think you did it pretty well because I know, like, I definitely had my fairy phase and my Ralph Lauren and. Very phase was, was, was a good phase, man. I remember them shorts was right at my thigh, like squeezing yes. me. I wore my fairies, no, no socks, no socks, yes. no show socks. Yeah, I feel you. Yep, I went to an all-girls Catholic high school growing up, so like going from the plaid skirts and button downs and loafers all every single day. High school, I know. <laughs> I hated it so much, and it was all girls too, so everybody was repressed in every way possible. Uh, so coming here and like really getting to explore, yeah, seriously, but coming here and really getting to explore that like um, other side of myself that I never really got to like indulge in in high school whether that meant like dating or fashion or like social media it's it's new york's been really good to me for sure we're definitely both victims of the catholic school to rebellious new york really? Pipeline. You too? yes yes it's it's quite an epidemic but um yeah <laughs> thank you but going off of that i think there's been a long time a long battle between masculinity and fashion being interested in the fashion sector so how do you think you've balanced that how has that stigma affected your tiktok and your work between like friends family your um following etc and how do you think it's going to affect your personal goals in fashion whether it's design or styling or just making yourself like a personal brand um when it comes to masculinity and fashion i think that I don't, I don't really like to put those two words together that I feel like masculinity and fashion should be, could easily be two separate things. Um, expressing yourself with clothes does not have to affect the, the person that you know you are, whether or not, as I'm, I'm a straight man and I'm very comfortable wearing a, a lot of things that people would be like, oh, that looks very feminine or maybe you shouldn't wear that, you look gay. At the end of the day, it's like, why are you so worried about me? You know, um, if I'm comfortable in it, I'm gonna wear it, whether it's a crop top or something, any other piece of clothing that you would be like, oh, this is that anyone would say this is not a masculine thing to wear. 
that's not necessarily that's why I, I definitely say taking those two words separately and looking at them separately you can see fashion is one thing in its own it's a whole thing it's a beautiful thing and adding the word masculinity in front of it kind of puts most of fashion in a box whether you know you know what i'm saying are you understanding what i'm putting down yes and i for one would like to say i'm very much on the trend of bringing back crop tops for men will smith solidified that with fresh prince of bel-air <laughs> please bring it back I, I beg of you i think definitely i love wearing crop tops i wear them all the time it's, it's cold a little too cold wearing crop tops right now but 2022 summer y'all gonna have to catch me in a crop top i'm so dead i love it yeah yeah so you know speaking of masculinity in general how would you advise other male creators to brand themselves on social media and create a personal image for themselves when they if if they want to go about uh, being so successful as you are on tiktok and instagram because it is a very like female dominated space i feel like um i would say stay true to yourself like don't definitely don't turn social media into a chore or a job that's going to pull a lot of the fun and life out of it and if you do decide to start creating you know what i'm saying at the end of the day if you don't take that shot it's never going to happen so as a as a male creator to other male creators i would just say take that shot but as you take that shot if you are taking that shot in a comparison etc you know that, that's, that's probably not gonna give you the best outcome you're gonna get more chores than than you would um I'm, I'm rambling i'm chatting right now but um as a as a creator <laughs> no i would say definitely take that step with um your identity and knowing for sure who you are and what you want out of it rather than doing what, what everybody else does because then everybody else just then you just kind of just jump into oh wow this guy is just like everybody else you feel me yeah, yeah, absolutely, for sure. Um, I think that being so unique and like finding your own brand without really, I, I staying true to yourself and not making social media a chore, but mainly like staying true to yourself is like huge. I feel like every successful creator always like this is always the first thing they say is like the second you make it a job, the second it's going to feel like one, and you're not going to want to do it anymore. Um, and I think making it something that you really enjoy and staying true to like yourself and your morals and your values is huge and it's definitely helped like on my tiktok this podcast in our growth like whenever we've seen exponential growth we've been talking about the things that we just genuinely love talking about and like we're just sitting and chatting and i think that's you just i think you nailed it right on that (laughs) podcast in the future um so this is our last question before we close out i say yeah you see a podcast in your future yes Yes, trust me, it's the best. It's definitely fun. It comes highly recommended by us, for sure. Yes. <laughs> so before we close out, just one last question, and it's mostly kind of open-ended, but where do you see yourself going from here? Do you see yourself staying in fashion or doing content creation full-time? Do you want to go into design or styling or something else? Like, what's what's next for you? I think that... I'm going to be on this path as long as I see it beneficial to me. Um, I don't plan on doing this forever. I have a lot of goals and a lot of ideas and things that I want to do. 
but as a as a creator right now i definitely just went full-time a few weeks ago and quit my previous job so now i do this really full-time i think in the future i want to see how far i can take this whether it's branching into different ways whether it's a clothing brand or podcasts and you know tv show jumping into acting and full-on modeling that would be like the goal using um this connection now to really build a, a a stable career for myself. I don't think that social media and doing a lot of sponsorships is something that I want to do forever. Definitely want to jump into a little bit more creative things. I used to have a clothing brand back in the day, shut it down after a few months. It was, it was a good clothing brand. I definitely have great ideas in the future for more clothing brands and, and more ways to display creativity. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on. We are so excited. This was a great conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time. And next time you're in New York, hit us up. Drinks on us to say thank you. Absolutely. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We are so excited to have you on. Thank you for chatting with us. Um, again, oh, hold on. I just got a notification that the Zoom's going to end in 10 minutes. Sorry. Uh, once again, we have uh, his Instagram is Obed Dagger on Instagram and Obediency7 on TikTok. Make sure to give him a follow. His content is absolutely fantastic. We've been a fan for so long. Of course. Um, oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's been really, really great talking to you. Seriously, we're like learning all of this stuff for, you know, like this is a very new thing for us. We're so excited. Um and as always, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, a Crying in Public podcast, and our socials on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at the same name. Thank you guys so much. Love you. Bye. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279. 
or visit cheapoair.com slash podcast.